The following broadcast was produced by the Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco as part of our Lighthouse Learning Library. I'm so happy to make your acquaintance. Well, it's sure mutual, I'll tell you. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, the purpose of my visit here today is to get some background sure. on the early history of blindness in California, your personal early history, and just some things, some trends, some observations you have along the way. So perhaps we could start there. Um, when were you born? 1925. Okay, so that makes you today just uh, 90. When's your birthday? June 16th. Congratulations. Thank you. That's Bloomsday, isn't that, from Ulysses? It could be, it could be. <laughs> All right. So if you don't mind, um, were you always blind? Yes, I was. Uh, it's kind of interesting because I was I was born totally blind and after that, after six cataract sur- surgeries, and and and, 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 uh, and when they re- the the lens were cataractous all the way through, so they had to remove both the the lens. So people who have had that procedure usually wear very thick glasses, like a couple of beer bottles coming at you. So that's the reason I have the the that's the reason I have the these heavy glasses, and I I had my first surgery when I was about seven years old and I entered the California School for the Blind in Berkeley when I was 10 years old and I entered it in 1935 and left in 1945 and enrolled in the University of California and graduated in 1950. I should have been a 49er but I was working half time. Well, I do want to spend some time talking about your early memories of blindness as a child and then about the School for the Blind. Why, um, I, you know, I guess, you, you know, they, I've heard some of the, some, 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 some people say, you know, that blind, blind, blind kids don't know they're blind unless, unless somebody told them. But that, that wasn't quite true in my case because they had a, a mule tethered out. I, 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 when my mother passed, I, my, my grandparents came, came back and got me, and I grew up in Sonoma County up by Santa Rosa. And they had had a, a mule to, to tethered out there, and I said, "Excuse me." <laughs> so I didn't know she was a mule. <laughs> and I didn't go. I was kind of a late starter. I didn't enter the school to the for the blind until I was ten. And I and I like I said, I entered it in nineteen thirty-five and left in nineteen forty-five. And that was probably the, you know, the 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 the, the most important ex- experience in my entire life because I, I I learned a lot of what blindness does and doesn't mean. Now I learned a, a lot about blind people, and I also learned to speak Spanish because these kids would speak in Spanish. And I was a little paranoid, I guess. I thought maybe they were talking about me. They weren't talking about me at all. They were talking about the next crop their dad was going to pick or when he was going to get out of jail. Wow. <laughs> but that that experience, I met a lot of very important 
blind people. Uh, first and foremost was Dr. Newell Perry, who was the first blind person to, to, to graduate from University of California. And he was director of advanced studies uh, at the School for the Blind. So when we got in the 10th grade, we went to an outside high school and, and he helped us with our homework and that kind of thing. So what can you remember about him, his character, and can you, have, can you share some stories about him? Well, yeah, well, well for, for, for starters, he, ha he had a, he had a, an, uh, I, he, he, as, as was the time, in his time, he, he, he got his PhD in Germany, and then he came to New York and sold insurance for a while, but my, my, my best memories about him was that I, 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 I just learned what a, what, what a successful blind person could be. He gave you, it, it gave me something to look forward to, sort of, sort of like a, a so-called role model. And also, and one of his most famous pupils was Dr. Jacobus Tenbrook, who was a professor of constitutional law at the University of California. I, I took a course from him as well. We'll Dr. get to Tenbrook. We'll get to Tenbrook in a little while because that's also interesting. Tell me more about Newell Perry. Was he ever cross with you? Uh, uh, not, 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 not cross. Not, not, not cross. In a, if I didn't get something, he, he, he got a little uptight, but uh, impatient maybe, but cross wouldn't be the word. You know, I'm thinking your time there starting in 1935, this was exactly the time of the founding of the California Council of the Blind. That's right. That's right. Were and you, of course, he and Dr. Tedbrook were, were there. Were you involved in those early meetings? No, sir, I wasn't because I didn't know the, that the council, uh, that CCB existed until I went to college. Was there a thought to keep the pol politics out of the school? I think so. I think so. So I'd love to hear some stories about what you did when you were at the California school. I understand at, in those years, students did not carry canes? Uh, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, but uh, 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 Dr. Uh, Dr. Dr. Tedbrook did, but uh, he, he was about the only one that, that I, I knew who carried a cane because he, 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 walked, he was, was walking distance of the UC campus. And he used to walk to work every day. But none of the kids carried canes in, the, uh, in those days. Mobility wasn't taught. Braille was, but mobility was not. I um, I heard a few stories that made me smile about some of the uh, fun or trouble that the kids got into at the School for the Blind. You mind telling us a few stories? Well, actually, <laughs> I know. No, no, no. One, one, one time we, we had sort of a war with, 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 with the deaf kids, and, we didn't, and we, we didn't realize that the deaf kids could see. They could hit us, and we couldn't hit them, and we, we, we couldn't quite figure out why. <laughs> But that, the, 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 I, I learned very early on that in any kind of physical combat, eyesight makes quite a difference. 
What were some of the important lessons you learned at the school? Uh, that's a hard one, but I think the most important, important lesson I learned that blind people could have a full life if they prepare. And so in your own life, there you were, a 10-year-old. How did you start preparing? Well, learning Braille, and also I knew, and also we had teachers who were blind. So I knew that, that, I, I knew that blind people had a place in the world. That was pretty advanced stuff for 1935. Yeah, it was, it was. I read some of Newell Perry's oral histories from the 50s, and he said that when he came to Berkeley, you could find blind people begging on street corners and that almost nobody was employed. Not with that. I'm sure that was true. Who were the first employed blind people you met in Berkeley in the 30s and 40s? Okay, well, for, for starters, of course, Dr. Perry, then Dr. Tedbrook, but... Uh, uh, Bernice Laflamme, was, she was a totally blind lady. She was my Spanish teacher. And, uh, and, uh, and, and Miss Bernice Johnson was, 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 was an English teacher. And I, I had blind teachers served as road, role models. So you, you even at the School for the Blind, even in the 30s and 40s, assumed that you would make your own living somehow? I did. I did. Well, I, 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 I thought if other, people, if, if other people could, I could. In those early days, had you heard of the San Francisco Lighthouse? No, sir. I, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. Because I knew of, the, of, of blind recreation centers in the East Bay, but no, uh, 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 at that time I had I had not. I'm sure I'm sure all the faculty members had, but I hadn't. And then, do you have any funny stories about your time at the California School for the Blind? Well, you know, it. Uh, uh, I, I I guess I told you about when we had those 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 wars with with the deaf kids we we knew we knew that uh, eyesight made a difference but uh we had we we were right at the foothills of the berkeley hills and my uh, my my some of my best experiences were, were were going going for hikes with totally blind kids who often showed me the way and the, the, that that was quite exciting who were the names of your friends from that time that you would go hiking with? Or Alvin Meyer, uh, who was a who was a who was a, a counselor, who was a counselor for the Veterans Administration. Later became a counselor for the VA in in Southern California. Alvin Meyer, Manuel Urena, who later became the program manager in Sacramento. So Sid Urena, who was his brother, who later became our, our legislative advocate. Um, uh, Russell Klutzig, who was, a, who was a, a, a legal counsel for the Division of Water Resources. And the, the, 
And, uh, and I guess I mentioned Manuel Urena, who later became the program manager and my ex-boss. And those would probably be the, the ones that stand out, but I'm, I'm sure there are others that I've unintentionally omitted. You know, all those guys went on to um, lengthy careers and, and nice lives. Did you have a sense that what was happening in Berkeley and with the School for the Blind was kind of unusual across the country? Uh, yes, and also, you see, I was at Berkeley in the, uh, in the 50s when they had the People's Park riot, and one of my clients, and he, in order to get a, 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 a better view, why he, he climbed up on a roof of a, a pitch roof of a building on Telegraph Avenue, and, and, and he, he stood up to, to, to watch the activity, and he took, took a load of a buckshot in his eyes by, a, by either, a, either a, a, a sheriff or a highway patrolman. But whoever did it, he was just as blind, and he became a client of mine later. Wow. Did you have some time when you would, as a student at OS, at the um, School for the Blind, explore Berkeley? Do you remember? I sure did. We walked. Oh, we 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 walked all over. We we could walk clear down University Avenue to the Yacht Arbor if we wanted to, and we 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 used to cruise around on the campus and. We walked pretty much in, in any place we wanted to. And did Newell Perry ever, did you ever go into Newell Perry's house? I sure did. I sure did. And I used to, when, when, when I, when, when I, uh, when, when, when World War II came on, I, I came, I grew up in Sebastopol, which is noted for, for gravel seed apples, so I would I, every fall I would send Doctor Doctor Perry a box of apples. I'd send him a case of apples. And everybody that went, went went into his house blindsided or otherwise ate an apple, whether they wanted or not. So he had a certain circle there, a certain warm circle of people. Could you talk about what that was like to be around around his table and around his dining room? Well, it was uh, it was uh, as a as a teenager, I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I should have. But I knew that they were all people who who took their place in society, and I hoped, if, with a little luck, maybe I could do the same. So, tell me about going to college. Well, now the, 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 it, it was different. You see, we didn't have. We didn't have, I think you've got unlimited reader's funds now, but we, we, were, on, we, we were only allowed 10 hours a week re, re, readers re, reading, and that, that wasn't really enough. How and did it, you make up the gap? Well, so, 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 sometimes, some, sometimes I'd, well, I, I worked part-time to earn a little money, and sometimes I, I paid my own readers when I couldn't, and when I could, and did without what I couldn't. How did you earn money part-time? I worked at a dishwasher at, the, at Cowell Hospital. Okay. And tell me about your experience. This was University of California, Berkeley, right? Right, right. 
what was it like by 19 what year was that the just I, I went in in 45 when the veterans came back and it was it was crowded it was a rat race because the gi bill just took i i entered in 45 and left in, it left in 50 and it was it was very crowded very congested and what was the attitude towards uh, students and faculty towards blind students at that time i uh, i only had one negative experience, and incidentally, if you if you re remember the Nuremberg war crime trials, why it was uh, well, it was a uh, uh, one of one of the one of the functionaries was a, a Dr. Paul Paul Kelly, who was a who was a, a, a criminal psychologist among other things, and I was in his class with him. And you know what a board slate is, a, 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 a braille transcriber. Yes. And when, when I, I, I started writing, why he threw me out. Because of the noise it made? Yeah. yeah. Now, of course, that wouldn't happen anymore because of the ADA, the Americans with Disability Act. I would, I'd, uh, I'd, I would have had his job. But in, in those days, uh, in, in, in those days, it was attitudes toward any kind of a disabled people were different and i might also mention when you sign when you signed your application when you filled out the the application for university of california there was some some right at the bottom of the app was said any anybody who has who who had had knowingly has epilepsy doesn't report it can be can, can be expelled well Things were different in those days. Yes, they were. When you were a student, did you socialize? Did you start dating while you were a student? Well, I didn't have any. I, 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 I didn't have any. Uh, well, for starters, I, I didn't have that much free time or that much free money. And also, I, at that time, I didn't have that many social skills either. Was that true of many blind people at the I, time? I, I, I think I'll answer that, yes. Okay. So as you were enrolled at Berkeley, what did, what did you major in and what did you hope to do in the future? Well, I, 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 I majored in, in, in Spanish and, and I, I took a, a, a lot of... A, so, some welfare courses on the side, so I sort of majored in Spanish and 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 I took a regional group and and, and my minor was a, a group major on Latin America. I thought I would might like to be in the diplomatic course since I was bilingual. Did you ever apply? I never did. I never did. Do you do you think that was just? A little too early or too ambitious for blind people in the 1940s. Well, it probably was, and it probably was, and so I, so I applied for the, 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 the when in, in 1952 I applied for the, 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 the for, first civil service job that I could, which was, it was then called a, a, a teacher counselor for the blind, and we we delivered uh, adaptive. Uh, uh, Braille and mobility and adaptive living skills in the homes. And so I went house to house for about 25 years. Okay, this is going to be an interesting period. But before we go there, I imagine that with the new California Council of the Blind, 
as as an adult, as a student, or shortly thereafter, you were active there. Could you tell me about your early experiences? Actually, I didn't have any any outstanding experiences. I didn't have any office or anything till till m- much later on. But as what my best experiences were were meeting a lot of productive blind people. Tell me what you remember about Jacobus Tenbrook. Well. Uh, he, 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 I, 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 I took, I, I, I t- took speech one B from him, and he had had quite a quite a sense of humor, and and one time, uh, I I forgotten it was a, it, it was a, I forgotten that uh, the, the, they had a a law that third 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 time a, 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 a Third time, time a, 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 a third time con- conviction for chicken stealers would be a for chicken thieves would be a, 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 a would would be a, a, a mandatory seven year prison prison sentence, and I said, well that 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 that's just out and out racism. He said, there you go, jumping to conclusions. Nobody said he was black. I said they didn't have to. Wow, that was a different time. Yeah. So what do you remember of Tenbrook personally and how he would socialize and what he would do? And could you get a sense from him that this was a man who would have a great future ahead of him? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, well, I, I, I knew it. His, his future was already there. But I, I, at, at, at that time, we, we, we didn't socialize. In 1940, 40, just uh, in the middle of your time at the California School for the Blind, he founded the National Federation of the Blind. Did, was there much talk or discussion about that? Very little. Very little. So now let's talk about your early working career. You graduated. How did you search for a job, and what did you do in your first few years on the job? Well, uh, uh, I, um, I, I went to this uh, a council meeting, and um, uh, and uh, I was I met the uh, I met Miss Bernice McCrary, who was uh, that, that that time the, the su- supervising council counselor teacher. We were then called field workers, and she was the then supervisor. And she said, I'd, I'd like to talk to you. She said, I, you know, I noticed the way you reach out to people. And you, you, you should apply to become a, a home teacher counselor. And I, I did, and the rest was history. So where were you based? And tell me about the people. I was based in, I was based right in, I had Alameda and Contacosta County. And also... I had some of the some of the deafblind people and special needs, you know, bilingual people or monolingual people. The, the I had some Spanish-speaking people and recently blind people in in Sacramento and San Joaquin County. But the bulk of my work were in Alameda and Contacosta, and Contacosta and Alameda are pretty big counties. Can you tell me something? You would visit these people in their homes. Could you tell me something about 
some of the memorable situations you saw in the 1950s? Yeah, well, I, I guess I told you about the, you know, the People's Park riot, but when you had to you had to be kind of creative when you worked with a, a deafblind person if he was if he was t pro totally blind and, and profoundly deaf. And I know there was this this fellow who lived. Uh, his house was in the middle of a five-acre almond orchard up in eastern Costa County, and I uh, and I, I kept. Uh, Banging, ba banging on the, ba banging at his door, and you know, I, I knew he could, I, I knew, knew he couldn't hear me. So in those days, we all smoked. So I lit a cigarette and blew smoke through the mail slot. <laughs> and so we, instead of a doorbell, we had a door smell. <laughs> and then. The, 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 this same man, he, his irrigation pump was an oh one-cylinder Fairbanks Morris diesel engine, and I and I, I was out of cigarettes, so I couldn't use the door smell. So I I I shut off the engine, and he came out to see what made it stop, and I didn't. Uh, uh, this doesn't suggest that the best way to communicate with a deaf blind guy is to cut his water off, but it helped in that case. <laughs> Can you tell me about some of the other situations? Did you see poverty or abuse? Ah, uh, I saw, I don't think, I don't think that I, I saw out and out abuse, but I saw a lot of poverty. And in those days, the, you know, the, the blind aid was, was $50 a month. And it, it, it you know, it, it didn't, you know, it, it didn't, didn't, uh, it didn't allow for, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it was any, but you know, that, 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 that was, that was a mandatory poverty, you might say. And how would you see it? Were people hungry? Were people, how would you see the poverty? Oh, I, I didn't see any, but some of them, a very few of them, I might say, emphasize that a very few, some supplemented their income by banking, but they were very exceptional. And some of the people that you work with and you helped to become independent, did they go on to work, employment, or family oh, life? M many did. And also, uh, also, now, lye water is a, I had a lot, I had, oh, I would say a half a dozen, uh, half, a, half a dozen people who were blinded with lye, having lye water thrown in their face. Domestic violence? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Tell me about some of the people after they were blinded, what did they go on to do in life? Uh, well, the younger ones, I, I tried to s s s get them into college, but uh, but the, the 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 older ones, a lot of you see a, a lot of blind people are blinded by by, by senile cataracts, and they weren't of an employable age, so the the the, the they, they, they they went on the welfare rolls. And how would you get around Alameda and Contra Costa County in those days? Well, I had a I had a, had a driver 
one one day a week, and that got me out to 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 East Catacosta, where there was no public transportation. But Berkeley, Berkeley, and Oakland, and Hayward, Richmond, and 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 Fremont had had pretty good public transportation, so I could get around by myself. When did you yourself start using a white cane? Uh, as soon as I joined CCB in nineteen in in nineteen forty five, our new canes were respectable. Well, that was a rather unusual and progressive um, thought then. How did you come to know that? Well, because I I I I I knew knew that other productive people were were using canes, and I thought there must have been a reason for it. Tell me about what those CCB meetings in the '40s and the '50s were like. Why they were, they were, they were, they were very interesting. Dr. Perry chaired the meetings, and uh, and we we didn't have any of these so-called special interest groups in those days. It was it was legislation and blind services and and, and blind employment from 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 start to finish. We we. We didn't have any of these special interest groups like the, the blind, blind diabetics or blind ham radio operators or blind computer programmers because there were no computers in those days. So how often would you meet? How long were the Twice meetings? Twice a year, and the meetings lasted. They, 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 they lasted from Thursday afternoon to till 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 noon. Till, till noon on the following Sunday, and they were usually held held at either Fresno or Oakland or L.A. And those were the conventions. Would you go to a a monthly meeting or okay, a chapter meetings? Were were once a month at the Recreation Center for the Blind on Opal Street in Oakland. And Doctor Perry, Doctor Perry. Usually presided, and when he retired, he was replaced by 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 Bob Campbell, who was the director of advanced studies. I understand. Uh, was it Bob who built his own house he in Berkeley? He sure did. He sure did. I put a few nails in it. Tell me what that was like. Well, uh, you know, uh, Bob Campbell was very was was uh, he, Bob Campbell was Bob Campbell. You. You 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 wouldn't have known he was blind. Uh, it was it was it was quite an experience, and I I, I remember in those days they, he was he was up on a hill, and what I I remember was was it was Bob Campbell's cement mixer, and it took it took third it was a one sack mixer and it took took 37 shovelfuls of gravel for one sack of cement did, i remember shoveling some of many of those 37 shovels he co-opted you into helping build his house right right just oh, just on saturday just out of curiosity and he said well you might as well you might as well be useful as well as ornamental and i said okay <laughs> how did he was one of the early successful people that found people jobs. He was. He and George Fogarty. T tell me what you remember about how they found jobs for blind people and what kind of jobs. Well, uh, um, they found, uh, uh, in those times, the, 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 the variety, the, the majority 
or, or, or probably the majority were either 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 in dark dark darkroom technicians or um, and they're actually there weren't that outside of darkroom technicians I, I I can't name too many blind people who were otherwise employed in the 40s and 50s uh, did you know mr. Crowley you know I met I, I met mr. Crow Crowley a few times and he I saw him at, at the end of his career and he was he was one of dr. Perry's first disciples and he was he was a he was a, a, a state assemblyman and a, a, a state senator for many terms, and he helped to enact a lot of doctors' legislation. So I want to go back to this idea. Berkeley at that time was an unusual place with blind people getting to work and a sense of possibility for individuals. Right, right. Why do you think that was so unusual there? Uh, I think the university, I think the proximity of the university was was kind of a motivating factor, and also the presence of, of Dr. Perry and Dr. Tedbrook were motivate, very motivating factors. So, sometime in the late 1950s, there became a little internal politics, and then a lot of internal politics in the council and the federation can you talk to me about the beginnings of the split and the politic politics behind it uh, you know i wasn't i wasn't involved that much i wasn't involved that much uh, your best your, your your best source of that was 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 kathy skivers because uh, i i saw I, I i i remember when they all walked out and that's a that's a that that's about the most I can say about it. But she she would have all the all all, all the all the politics, the intimate details, and she would be a very good source for that. We'll be talking to her. But there's another a deeper question, which is: here you guys were brothers and sisters in the movement. You knew each other for years and decades. Right. Right. Wasn't it um, a difficult time to now be on opposite sides of the trenches? Yeah, it was. It was. That was a very bad time. I, you know that we 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 lost a lot, and and that 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 was a no-win situation. You know, the 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 there there were no winners. Everybody was losers. What was it really about? Ah. Uh, I, 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 I couldn't put it in, 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 in one word sentences. I think that I, 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 unfortunately, I think it was a, a, a lot about egos and a, a, a lot of and 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 some. Conflict about the direction that the agencies should go, but I'm not the man who could speak the best on that. Did you keep friends on both sides yeah. of the war? I always did. I always did. And then, tell me about Dr. Perry and his later life. 
Well, he was, you know, he he lived with his he lived with his sister, and he always he lived on the the blind school was on Derby Street, and he lived on Woolsey Street, which was about eight blocks. And he, he he walked alone by himself day and night, which was uh, after dark, which was uh, which was something of a challenge, especially if it was pouring down rain. And where did you live when you were um, working in Berkeley and Contra Costa? Uh, I, I lived in, uh, on 62nd Street in Oakland for, for, for about 1952, and I was appointed to about 1955. And then I moved to a, a lar larger place, and then I I, I bought a house in a suburb of Kensington when I was married in 59. And I want to hear about uh, finding your wife. How did you meet her? She was a, she was a social worker and I, I, I went down to the I went down to the office at 440 Broadway for referrals and the rest is history. I, I, I got a lifelong referral. <laughs> I think there's a better story than that. Tell me how how did you meet? How did you fall in love? Well, uh, uh, I, just like I told you, I w went down, and you know, for for the referrals, and I, I said, you know, we're having we're having a a, a dinner at the East Bay Center, and uh, I I'd like to invite you as my guest, and you know, and like I said, you know, we 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 just started dating from then on, and the 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 the, the rest is history. It started out. 1952, we, we were 55 and we were married in 59. Was it somewhat unusual in those days for a blind person like you to find a wife and have a family? Not that unusual, no. It was, uh, I'm going to answer that, no. Okay. Sometime in the late 1950s, uh, a guy came to California by the name of Kenneth Jernigan. Yes, I knew. I, I, Kenneth Jernigan was president of, of the Alameda County chapter of CCB, and I was his vice president. And what was he like? That's a, that, 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 that's a hard one. He was, he was, he had that Southern oratory. He was a very, very, very good speaker and very, very persuasive. But he he didn't have much toleration for anybody who disagreed. Less tolerance than doctor or yes yes. Why do you think that was? Well, I don't know. Maybe it was because because he was a southerner, or maybe because of his life's experience. I I I don't have a pat answer for that. Was he a good teacher? Yes, yes, he was. What do you remember about his teaching? Well, you see, I was never one of his. He was at the orientation center. To, uh, I was never. I was never one. Uh, I was never one of his students. But he was. He was very well regarded. Was it difficult to be his vice president? Not really. Not really. He had kind of a short temper, but other than that, it wasn't. Did you ever see some of that temper aimed at yourself? Well, in very small ways. Why did he not stick around California? 
Well, because I think uh, I, I think he got a better job. He got to be the head of the agency at Iowa. Those days must have been full of a sense of potential of yeah. people creating new things. What were the new things that people hoped to create in the 1950s? Well, and, and of course, the, the orientation center was, was one, of, one, one of our creations. With the, that, that opened up in 1952. And then he, he opened another orientation center in the state of Iowa shortly thereafter. And, uh, be, and orientation centers sprang up in, in several states after that. That we had a residential training for recently blinded adults, and that was very vital. What can you remember about those early years of the orientation center? Well, it was uh, it, there was there was a lot lot of camaraderie. People people developed very 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 close relationships, and and, and a lot of one of. One of my first first clients that I met at the orientation center later he he, he was a an atomic physicist at the at the Rad Lab in, in Livermore. But there were a lot of interesting people at the orientation center. Uh, was that Jim Willows? Yes, it sure was. I I I, I first met Jim Willows in. in no, but about nineteen, about nineteen fifty-nine. He recently passed, as you as you know. Yes. So then, as things developed in the nineteen sixties, there were counselor teachers of the blind. There was a more established structure in state government. Right, right. You see, we were under the Department of of Education, and in nineteen, in Nineteen fifty fifty seven A B ten twenty three put 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 us under the department. We went from from education into rehabilitation. So so we 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 were all 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 in the department of rehab after that. In nineteen fifty six, the NFB had its national convention in San Francisco. I sure did. I was there. What can you tell me about that? Well, as was uh, as was was Kenneth Jernigan, as was Doctor Ted Brooke, as was Dr. all all as well as 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 what I what I I I can tell you that it was a very well attended convention, a very well organized convention, and we got got, got to meet blind blind people from all the various states. That was very interesting. In fact, there was one guy who had a, a, a hat band. He was, he, he was from the state of Washington, and it said, on his hat band, it says, Stone Blind Kicked by a Horse. <laughs> That's quite an advertisement. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was the first convention where there were a thousand people there. Yeah. What was that like? Well, it was, it, 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 it was kind of a... a uh, it, it was kind of organized chaos, but it, but but, but you know, things, things actually—that's an exaggeration. It really went pretty well. Did people roam all over the city? Mm, not really, not really. 
we, we Chinatown was walkable and North Beach was walkable. So we 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 roamed to the we put it this way we we roamed to the walkable parts of the city. Okay, in the fifties, do you remember meeting Jerry Coons? Yes. Who were some of the other friends I mean, you were? He taught at the he he taught at the blind school later on. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Who were some of your other favorite uh, blind people at that time? Uh, that's a hard one. Well, 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 Manuel Urena, Sid Urena, Alice Hackney, they were, both, they were all in rehab. Jewel McGinnis and, uh, and, uh, and Irene McGinnis, who were, who were both congenitally blind. And, and I, those, those probably the, the Urena boys, the McGinnis sisters, and uh, and uh, and Al Meyer and Russ Klutzing, who was, they 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 probably still they they probably stand out in my mind mostly because they were very gainfully employed, and very productive. Do you remember the lawsuit that got Russ Kletzing into civil service? No, I don't. I don't. And did you ever meet Rose Resnick? I sure did, I sure did. And in fact, I was I was her at, at her memorial service. Tell me what you remember of Rose. Well, Rose, uh, well, my uh, uh, main thing I remember of Rose, she, she, she helped develop Enchanted Hills, which we called Camp La Quaya, but, but it was. Camp La Quaya before the lighthouse took it over, and then it became Enchanted Hills. And when you say Rose Resnick, I think of I, I think of the piano in Enchanted Hills. Well, I want to ask you about that because you do know about Camp La Quaya. Yeah. Did you know about the blind Boy Scouts in Oakland and Berkeley? I was I belonged I belonged to Count Scout Troop Seven in Berkeley. So I want to hear all about this. It was, it, it was a blind troop, and we, we met at what we called the Scout Hut, and um, that, the, that was, that was, well, and also, the, that, the, that, that gave us contact with, with, with sighted people that we wouldn't have had. It was sort so, so, so of re, re, relieve part of the isolation. So you were going to the School for the Blind from 35 to 45, and then for recreation you belonged to this uh, scout troop? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we used to go to Camp Laquoia, and when, when they, 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 one of the lions had a furniture truck, and we, we, they took us all, all up to Camp Laquoia on a flatbed truck. That'd be, that'd be child abuse nowadays, but we loved it. How old were you when you first went to Laquoia? Uh, when I first went to Laquoia, I would have been about 13. Okay, so that would have been in about uh, 1948 or so. Yeah, right. No, you know, I misspoke. I first went to Camp Laquoia in 1938, so I would have been, I would have been, I, yeah, but I still would have been 13, yeah. And so then, what was the camp like? What do you remember of the old camp? You know, I, 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 I don't remember 
the 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 old camp didn't have a swimming pool. It, it had a toboggan, but I, I, uh, I uh, uh, what I remember is the, the the old camp was was the, the toboggan and the nine mile hike. Where did the nine mile hike go? Well, it went, incidentally, the, this is an aside. This is, I'm going to say this tangentially, but this was this was my first experience making an important decision. It, we started out. We started out to hike up to Mount Veter, which was 14 miles, and it, it turned off hot. And I didn't know anything about diabetes or epilepsy in those days. I didn't have any. We didn't have any medical information. But I thought something, something is not right. And uh, I, it got hotter and hotter. And uh, the, the 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 guy who had epilepsy, the the guy who had the, the epileptic and the diabetic both got weaker and weaker, and here came on a, this would have been, I, I would say we were about, oh, probably, oh, four or five miles into our, our, our so-called 14-mile hike, an Italian came with a flatbed Chevy truck, and I stuck out my thumb. I said, are, 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 are you going to Napa? He said, yeah, sure, what do you think? So we, we all, all got on the flatbed truck, and I told him to, to, to let us off at a respectable distance. I said, no, we're, 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 we're going to we're, 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 we're gonna wait for some time to elapse, and then we're going to hike, and we're going to pretend to be very tired. But that was my first, you know, life-saving decision where I had to de decide what would work and what wouldn't. That's a great story. Yeah. So the it was La Coya Boys Camp then. Right, right. What other things did you do there in terms of crafts or sports or nature? Ah, in terms of crafts or sports, you know, I, I well, 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 we, we had, we had quite a lot, a lot of music, but I don't remember any other crafts or sports. They, 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 they might have had beat ball. Later on, I think they did have beat ball. How many blind kids in the 30s and 40s, before it was Enchanted Hills, how many blind scouts would go up there? Oh, I'd say between 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 10 and 15 and the scout troop 7 back in berkeley where would you meet and what would you do we we met at our scout hut and and we 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 we, we talked about some some merit badges you could get a, you could get a merit badge for the so-called 14 mile hike and there were there were other merit badges that i that i didn't get where was the scout hut? It, it was. It's still there. It's. It's. It's uh, just. Just due east of the blind school picnic grounds, which is now, of course, part of the University of California dorm. But the picnic grounds are still there. And do you remember what that building is called? Uh, it was just called a scout hut. Do you think there are any of those original Boy Scouts, blind Boy Scouts, left besides you? Oh, be in the well, of course, Sidney is dead. 
Manuel is Manuel is around uh, Melvin Kahn and Alameda. Though those are the those are those those are all I can mention at the moment. What would you do in the scout hut? Oh, we'd have we'd have our scout meetings, and we would we, and we we we'd discuss scout law, and um, and some, some sometimes we we would play play games. To your knowledge, was that the only blind Boy Scout troop in the United States? Well, uh, well let me put it this way: it was to my knowledge, it was the only. Oh, oh, only blind troop in California. I won't speak for the whole United States because I don't know, but I, I, my guess would be yes. We had heard about the the earlier blind camping at La Coya or then Enchanted Hills. So how did things change when Rose Resnick got the camp? Well, I think I I, I think there there were. More buildings, and of course, I there, I didn't go to camp for about ten years, so I wasn't around. I wasn't active. In, I wasn't active in scouting in those ten years, so I really can't speak to that. And then, as an adult, did you return to Enchanted Hills? Uh, just to just to to, to to I I I always like to go to Enchanted Hills to. To, to the adults session and, and have lunch. I, I went back there many times. We'd love you to have you come back again. Well, that, 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 that'll sure happen. And the only reason I, I did, did, didn't happen this time is I did, couldn't con anybody into driving me up there. You, you can talk to me directly this time. All right, all right. That's a deal. Did you know Hope Sinclair? I knew Fred Sinclair, but no, I don't know Hope Sinclair. Hope grew up in the boys' camp at that time. Uh, she may be a little younger than you, but... What's she doing now? She's retired. She's uh, in San Mateo and is making a history of Enchanted Hills. No, I didn't know her. I didn't know her. So now I'm going to ask you a philosophic question. You guys were pioneers in the 40s and 50s and 60s with blindness. A lot of blind people learned Braille. A lot of blind people got jobs. Right. Now here we are a half century later, and maybe fewer people are learning Braille, and maybe fewer people are getting jobs. That's a very unfortunate truth. Why is that? Now, I, I, I don't have... Now, now the, the, the only... The, the, the only... New area for 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 people who are getting jobs is is the, those who have 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 computer skills, but uh, but uh, uh, I'm af unfortunately I'm afraid that uh, 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 I think the the computer accounts for more blind people getting jobs, but there's uh, but but. But there's also uh, it also restricts blind people who are on the wrong side of the digital divide, if that makes sense. Yeah. What does a blind blue collar worker do now? I I can't I, I I'm trying to 
I can't name one blind blue collar worker. Other than, other than uh, the 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 X-ray technician. I can't name one. Roger Peters, you might know, was a, yes. He was a machinist for many years. So if you were in charge of things now, how would you structure things so that more blind people would have better lives? That's, that's a, a hard question. I would, uh, I would, I think I would, I, I would somehow s structure more meetings, more contact with, with other productive blind people. I, 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 I don't know just how I would do that, but they used to have a kind of a, George Fogarty used to have kind of a, a seminar here at UC Santa Cruz, which, which, which did, did some of that. I think I would have more, what do you call, meetings or seminars of productively employed blind people so they so I so I would create more exposure to productive blind people if that if that's English, if I could. As I understand it, Newell Perry started with that exact idea that yeah. in those days people hardly knew any blind people graduating college or doing any work, and that's really the secret, isn't it? It is. It is. Why do you think you yourself succeeded? You have a house, a wife, a great career you had, and so many other blind people never made it. Why do you think that is? Well, I was very well motivated, and I, I was also just extremely lucky. I, I, I was introduced... When I when I was introduced to the, the head of the, the the teacher counselor program, that that was the biggest stroke of luck in my life, and and uh, 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 other people did just did enjoy similar such luck, I guess. And of course, I, I you know I I, I, w I was well motivated, but luck sure entered into it. Did you get to use your Spanish in your work? I did. I did. I especially around, around the Fremont Union City and, and also in East Con across the county, Antioch and Brentwood, a lot of Spanish speakers. I did want to ask you about some other personalities. Um, when did you first meet Kathy Skyvers? I met Kathy Skyvers in about no, 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 1952. What was she like back then? Uh, 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 very much the same as she is now, and I, I, I don't, I don't know, I, 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 I can't point to any personality changes. She was very, very outgoing, very, very vivacious, and very warm and very welcoming. How did both of you come to really believe in blind people when the social currents were? Anything but. Uh, uh, I, 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 I think, think faith and persistence. Surely you had many, many examples of people who 
discriminated against you or doubted your abilities? Well, I, I, you know, I, 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 other than that professor who threw me out, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't experience that, the, 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 that much discrimination, but I, 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 and so, 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 sometimes I, and, and of course, you know, all, all blind people want to be, be normal, so I, 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 I got a jo job pumping gas, and uh, I, I, I can still read. I can still, still, still read the. Uh, I can, you know, I, 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 can, I can still read. The, I can still read the figures on the pump, and, uh, and, uh, but, and most, 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 most tires then took thirty-five pounds. But when a, a trucker came in, I knew that there was a lot of variation, and I couldn't read the gauge. And I said, "Sir, can you?" Can, can you read you 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 read this this, this gauge? Uh, yeah, I can't quite see it. He said you can't see no way, and I said yeah, but uh, how long would I last if I told him there was a blind man working here? He yeah, he understood that. How did you talk your way into a job at a gas station? Well, I just 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 went and asked, and I I I didn't say. I, I didn't say I, I I didn't tell him I couldn't see, but I had an, I don't know I had one experience that my career was rather short because you know there's a, a big diesel truck pulled in the the diesel engine was clattering away and over oh, over the uh, over the over the the clatter of the diesel engine I misunderstood this lady and she said she asked me she. she 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 asked me for 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 she asked I'm gonna wait wait till that thing stops. Okay. I'll shut that damn thing off. Uh -huh. Okay. Well, oh, that's the end of it. Okay, that was the end of that one. And, and I, uh, and incidentally, the, the, this, this diesel truck was clattering away, and this lady, she, she, she asked me for the restroom, and I thought she said whisk and I, I said, but pull on over there and I'll blow it out with a hose. <laughs> that was my last day of there, incidentally. You were fired? Yeah. <laughs> Did you do any other kind of jobs like that? Oh, I worked at I I I I I worked in I worked in canneries. I worked in I no, I didn't do any. That was my one and only gas station job. But I I, I worked in canneries and I worked in packing houses. How did you get those jobs? Uh, just just walked up and asked. That's not what usually happens anymore. No, why, no, no. Why not? Well, for first place, there's a, we have a lot of high security. You'd have to go through the guard, and you'd have to you, you'd have to have a pass, and so on. I I think work. Uh, it's it's my opinion 
that work sites are less accessible, l l l less, l less available on a walk-in basis. Today than in the past. That's my, that's my impression. You've known Braille your whole life. Do you think, you know, there are young people now who are not paying attention to Braille. Do you think that's a mistake? De 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 definite mistake. It, bra bra Braille is, is the, oh, outside of the computer, and I, I think the computer, unfortunately, has trumped Braille. But you, it, oh, but it ordered it. In order to to do your own writing, I uh, anything I uh, all my agency memos, I always drafted everything in Braille first. It's a big mistake. What else would you change in the system that we have now? Uh, that, that, that's uh, hard. What I think I would. I I think I would arrange for more job shadowing, more you know, more more ex, more for I, I would try and develop programs that would familiarize blind people with other employed blind people, and also for for familiarize them with with other occupations other than computers. Did you see that work in your career? Not, not that much. Who what I did, what, what I did do was, was, was place blind people in contact with other employed blind people, so I did, did quite a lot of that in my career. Who were some of your students that you're most proud of? Oh, that's... Dave Conklin, who became a computer programmer. Sid uh, uh, Ureno, who became a, uh, uh, Alice Hackney, who later became became a, a program manager in rehab. And I, uh, there are more, but that just, just escapes me at the moment. Mm -hmm. Did you ever yourself go to Sacramento and help lobby for bills? I sure did. I sure did. Me and Sid Urena did a lot of that. What bills did you do you remember lobbying for? Well, uh, of course, A B. Uh, we 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 lobbied against A B A A B ten twenty three, which which put us under rehab. But we 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 lobbied for oh. Quite quite a few accessibility issues and 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 opportunity issues. Was it fun to go to the Capitol in those early days? Yeah, I would say so. It was very interesting. Yeah, I would say so. And Kathy was very effective because, because she 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 played the piano and 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 and, and incidentally. I I forgot, I forgot. She was playing the piano and Willie Brown, and uh, 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 Willie Brown was started ta ta talking. 
to her in any way. And she played the object of my affection as changed my complexion from white to rosy red. And Willie said, that didn't exactly apply to me. And they became fast friends after that. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> Later on in your career, the, the Lighthouse had um, an industrial shop, brooms, mops, those kinds of things. Did you ever visit the shop or did you ever know people who worked there? Now, do, do, do you still have that facility? You had a facility in West Oakland for a while. That is now moved to San Leandro. Okay, but I took, I, I, I placed people there. Tell me what you remember of that placement. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was just a, we just went there and showed up, and the, 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 they had the, the necessary interviews. I haven't been to the San Leandro facility, incidentally. Would love to show you around. Well, I'll, we'll make that happen. I heard you speak at the 150th anniversary of the California School for the Blind. Did you? And that made me realize that I needed to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> Have you visited blind centers or other places around the United States that made an impression on you? Uh, no, I really haven't, except that the, uh, I, the, the only one I visited was, uh, I forgot the name of the, 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 the center in Boston, and that was in in about 1955, but I, no, I haven't visited that many others. Oh, I, Father Carroll was the, that was the, the institution that, that Father Carroll w was the head of. And the very first thing he said when we met, he said, Elmer, why is there so damn much lying in work for the blind? I said, numbers. What do you mean by lying? Numbers. They have, but they want to generate statistics. Why was he interested in the lying part? What'd you say? Why was he interested in learning about the lying part? Ah, uh, 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 no. Well, uh, I, 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 I think he wondered if it was just, if he, I think he wondered if it was nationwide or local. <laughs> so now, Elmer, you're ninety years old. Yeah. You have some hearing loss. Yeah, I do. You're starting to um, have some of the characteristics of the people that you helped when you were a young man. Right, you know, we, 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 every dog has his day. So what is it like for you now to have what we would call today multiple disabilities? Why, um, of course, as you well know, you know, hearing is, hear, hearing is, a very important information source and a very, very, very important environmental source, and that, that you know, and that, uh, 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 that hurts. Since you retired, what are the, your hobbies? What are the things that keep your interest going? What do you? How do you spend your time? I do quite. I, 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 I still do a, a lot of volunteering. People will tell me, you know, that they've, they've got. Got got the the, the road torn torn up in front of my place, or they're they're they're, or they're, or they're 
got, got some construction going on the shopping center. Could you help me around there? I do a little of that on a volunteer basis. And you read? I read. Uh, uh, I don't read as, as, as much as I, I should, but most of my readings on tapes. I don't read much Braille anymore. But uh, I, I communicate. I, I write Braille notes to a lot of people. I communicate in Braille. Did you learn computers yourself? No, sir. At some point, you made that decision. Well, you know, I, 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 I've, I've got, got what you you guys provided me with a computer, but I, I just, just haven't I've been I, since I had these two strokes. I just haven't been motivated to get out. To, 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 I should. Go down here to our local, you know, the Santa Clara County Blind Center, and I should I I should pick up on that program, and it's kind of hard for me to get motivated anymore. Well, I think at ninety year old, you get to decide what you want to do. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate it. Well, we're recording this partly to give the listeners a sense of our history and where we've been as a community of blind people in California. What would you like people in the future who listen to this to know about your experience and your idea about the truth of blindness? Well, I would just, I, uh, if, I, I would just like to, to, to let them know with a few notable exceptions and with, with, with a few artificial barriers that still, that still remain, but beyond those artificial remaining barriers, I would say, for there's a will, there's a way. Sighted people would say this is impossible. How did you, how did you change your mind about this? Well, you know, uh, I, uh, I, 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 I just always, uh, uh, always admired uh, other blind people. And I, I, I just don't have a pat answer for that. Who was the first blind person you met? Why, the first blind person I met was probably Juliet Bent, and she was she she, she was then she, she was then called called called. Oh wait a minute, who was? Um, there was a lady. I forgot who preceded Julie Bent, but Julie Bent was the first one that I, I, I knew the best. Who was she? Where did you meet? She was, uh, she was, she was, she, well, she first worked for the State Library, but then, 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 then she, 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 she be, be, became, when we were under education, she, she, she was, we were then called the Blind Field of the Field Service. She was probably the, the the first, and she lived very near the school in Berkeley, so she was probably the, the first productive blind person that I really, really got to know real well on a friendly basis. After you started going to the school for the blind, uh, did you go back to Sebastopol and see your parents? Oh, sure. I spent the summer there, work, worked in the apples, and I used to send Dr. Perry a box of apples every year. 
What what did you do with apples? Did you harvest them, pack them? No, no I, 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 I didn't pick them. I, I, I worked in a packing house and I collected the culls, the, the ones that the, the ones that had blemishes came down a chute and I when the box would fill I'd uh, box up the culls and, and, tr and, and, and truck them out. The apples that didn't qualify. Your parents, like any parents, must have been concerned about you as being a blind boy. How did their ideas about your abilities evolve over time? Well, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to have to say slowly, but the reason that I, that I got where I am, wherever that happens to be, is my, my, my grandmother started, you see, my mother passed when I was two years old, and we were parceled out. My 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 sister went went to an aunt, and I, I went went to my to my grandmother's my grandparents' place up in Santa Rosa, but she start she started re reading to me from the get go. She started reading to me from from the time I was six, and, and it never stopped as long as she was alive. Somehow she knew instinctively that was the right solution. Right, right. It has been really a wonderful time going through recollections with you. I know that as soon as uh, we finish, you're going to think of a great story you wish you would have said. And I want to encourage you to just think about if you think of other things that you would like us to remember, we can have another interview. I'm looking forward to it. and that, 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 That'll give me something to work on. I, I very much appreciate it. Um, Elmer, it's it's just a joy to spend a little time with one of the one of the great people that you know, just as you stood on the shoulders of the ones who came before, we are standing on you and your successors, and I I very much appreciate what you stand for. I consider that I I I feel that very very deeply, and I consider that a, a very sincere compliment. Okay. I'll tell you how much I. How much I've enjoyed this meeting and, and, and enjoyed sharing all these things. It's, it's really my pleasure. Well, sure, mutual, I'll tell you. The preceding material is owned and distributed by the Lighthouse for the Blind in San Francisco, California. To obtain permission to use this content for classes or other uses, please contact us at publications at lighthouse-sf.org. Or to learn more about The Lighthouse, visit our website at www.lighthouse-sf.org.